Welcome to the Possibility Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Middleton, a.k.a. Possibility Man. We are committed to bringing you guests who try and strive to better people's lives and serve as a force for good in the world. Our guest today is Andrew Omega. He is a neuroscience exercise specialist, a course developer, a creator of a revolutionary brain exercise software. He has also been active in the field of holistic health for over 20 years. Andrew Amigo, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate you allowing me to be on your podcast. I'm really excited for this episode. Well, look, I have a bunch of questions to ask you, but first, I just want to make a note that this program is sponsored by the Cellular Health Company. To visit our sponsor, go below the description wherever you find this podcast. Now, Andrew, I want to look at some terms and I want you to help us out. What is meant by neuroscience? So basically, it's, it's dealing with the brain and nervous system. So it's dealing with exercises that could activate pathways um, and improve function. Hmm. So why would the brain need to have pathways exercise, you know, activated? Well, the brain, the, the, the brain is the brain. is. So what we've learned in the last 30 years that the brain is pliable and plastic, which means it could change for good or for bad. So it's just like the brain is like a muscle. I mean, if you give it the right, the brain needs three things. It needs oxygen. It needs good food and it needs to be stimulated exercise during our sensory sensory meaning our eyes our vision light uh sound um vestibular uh muscles which they call proprioceptors we could use different sensory uh sensory exercises to activate different parts of the brain and nervous system okay the next chart that i want to get clear about is and i've seen this a lot and i think it appears in your profile as well Holistic health. What is that? So holistic health just means a non-drug uh, therapeutic way of um, looking at the uh, different systems. So again, we don't we in in our world we just use exercise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we might use some nutri nutritional recommendations, uh, supplements, but we use a non-drug approach. And that's your alternative holistic approach. I see. Okay, so over the last, I don't know, maybe a couple of decades, I've been seeing the term functional added to certain professions. For example, I've seen functional medicine. So my question to you is, what does functional do when we put it as a prefix to some specialties? And I'll go into your specialty in a moment functional neuroscience, but what does functional do to those terms? Functional means that the, it's a way that that different areas or systems are, are, are connected together. Let me give you uh, a, an example is, so one of the biggest roles of the brain is to understand where the body parts are in relationship to the other body parts and the environment. Okay, and there's a map that we have in your frontal and parietal lobe that when those areas and circuits are working, sorry about that, those areas and circuits are working properly, um, then we, when we do a test, 
and we look at our finger to nose, right? We know that their index finger, we close our eyes and we can, we know that the index, the brain knows where it, the index finger is relationship to the nose. Now, sometimes people think that it's up here or over here. So we know that that map is off. Well, we could give an area, an eye movement, right? Where a target comes in, it disappears. That's a gap. And it reappears at a new location. That gap activates that upper brainstem. It's called your superior colliculus. And I know you're an academic as we spoke and that you're, you're once a professor, always a professor. So that upper brainstem, the superior colliculus, that communicates, that's the function that communicates with the map in the frontal and parietal lobe and reorganize the map. So I have a client come in, they do a finger of the nose test and they think their 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 tip of their nose is up here or over here by their by their lip. We give them that gap stimulus uh, exercise, all of a sudden their coordination improves instantaneously. Now, sometimes that could take a little while, but in this client's case it happened very rapidly. And that's because the functional, because I knew one, I could give an exercise up that activates that upper brainstem and the functional is that upper brainstem communicates with, and that's the advantage that we have that when people work in our program, that we can get some really amazing results. Okay. So then that brings me to functional neuroscience. So, is- so, 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 so the difference is that is that basically the functional applies to the brain and nervous system. When you were talking before about functional medicine, you know, a, a classic example is someone comes in that that's more of the, uh, the, the neurochemistry piece. It's same, it's similar concept. So I come in, someone comes in and says, ah, I have high cholesterol, mm-hmm. but most of the conventional medical or, or the conventional approaches to give you a statin drug, right? But in functional, they look at and they say, how does your cholesterol relate in relationship to blood sugar? Why? Because if they look at your blood sugar, your blood sugar is constantly elevated, or they have insulin resistance, which is pre-diabetic, all of a sudden they would say, okay, if we work on improving the blood sugar, how would you do that? Well, you'd look at lowering your carbohydrates, maybe taking some nutrients or supplements uh, like alpha lipoic acid um, that would that would help the cells that that when the blood when the blood sugar when the, the blood glucose comes into the to the to into the cell that the cell could communicate and it could get inside the cell and that and and your your set your um, your cell sensitivity to improve the receptor cell sensitivity that that and then all of a sudden you start doing that the blood sugar comes down cholesterol comes down blood sugar cholesterol are interrelated that's function wow Wow. that's that's amazing now let's look at your specialty which is neuroscience exercise specialist what do you do you've been telling us a little bit about that but dig deeper into that for me what do you do so basically, um, I, I look at different areas. I do functional tests. So what is a functional test? It's a, it's a test that's, you know, non, um, you know, you're not looking, I'm not, obviously I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not doing an MRI. I'm basically looking at head postures. I'm looking at eye movements. 
um, looking at um, eye movements horizontally, vertically, different types of eye movements with tracking, still targets. I'm looking at coordination. I'm looking at balance and I'm watching people walk. And all of those functional tests, they're functional because people are doing some kind of activity, right? Um, and they're, 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 well, all those tests look at different representations of the brain and nervous system. An example is if I track a target, so a target moves, see the target, my finger is moving, as opposed to my eyes move the still targets. The tracking target is going to give me a window of how the, the temporal and the parietal area are, are, are working in the brain. In the, in the lobes. If I'm looking at more horizontal, I'm looking at the brainstem, the pons. If I look at vertical, I'm looking at your upper brainstem, mesencephalon. If I look at still targets, I'm looking at window of the frontal lobe. So again, if I'm looking at uh, a balance test, I'm looking at more of a cerebellum function, which is in your brainstem. So the thing is, I can do functional tests. I can look to see what side and what part of the brain is now that doesn't discount they if they they always always rule out and they need to see their medical doctor but once the medical doctor gives some um diagnostic which is something i don't do but i do looking at it from a functional perspective then i could give specific uh exercises eye movement sound light uh vestibular uh, moving the limbs, we call that proprioceptive exercises that can activate certain areas that could help reorganize and get the pathways to work to improve function. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure that I'm clear. You, you mentioned um, high cholesterol a moment ago, and also, let's say, type 2 diabetes. And you, you, you said that you're not a medical doctor, but is it possible then that your approach to health treatments could benefit someone who has high cholesterol or let's say type two diabetes. Hundred percent. Uh, so let's get let's give a let's give an example of someone who has autoimmune condition. So what is autoimmunity? Autoimmunity is that their their own immune system is attacking their uh, their they're attacking some kind of cell, right, or or some kind of tissue in the body. So a classic example is rheumatoid arthritis. So it's attacking the, the joints, right? So the thing is, is that you have two approaches that we kind of look at. One approach is that one of the, the key links from the brain to the immune system is your vagus nerve. Why? Be, so your digestive system, 70% 70 of your cells, sit, uh, your immune cells sit behind the digestive wall. So any type of autoimmunity, you got to make sure that, that you're having good digestive function and you're reducing inflammation. So twofold. One is doing some sensory exercises that activate the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve sits into your medullary, your brainstem. Okay. And it's a, it's a key link to activate your parasympathetics. So your autonomics, what is autonomics? Digestion, heart rate, um, uh, pulse, oxygen, blood pressure. These are all autonomic functions, right? So the vagus, so you have two parts, one that drive us, right? And get our heart rate increased. And that's your sympathetic and your parasympathetic is what calms us down. So in order to digest, we have to get that parasympathetic system to work. That vagus nerve is very important. So indirectly, 
we could we could do vestibular, we could do eye movements, we could do limb movements to activate the vagus nerve. Directly, we could do gargling, we could do humming, we could do breathing, we could do, um, and then we could we could use a tens unit on the ear, okay? Because the tragus, which is right here, that's your auricular branch of your vagus nerve. We use a very inexpensive tens unit from Amazon, like thirty dollars in the ear clip. So that could act, and that vagus nerve could suppress inflammation, systemic inflammation, which is really important for autoimmune conditions. It could actually get your, improve the way your digestive system is functioning, the smooth muscles in your digestive system to, to move the food through the, to the digestive tract. And then we could get you on anti-inflammatory diet, uh, an autoimmune paleo diet we could recommend, and we could recommend certain supplements like resveratrol, vitamin D, curcumin, fish oil, uh, NAC cysteine, which is a precursor to make glutathione. All of those are anti-inflammatories and support good uh, immune health. So that now that doesn't mean that like um, that 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 goes against seeing your med. No, we 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 promote seeing medical doctors and getting your diet and being under their care. But we're a good, really good complementary therapies that could help a lot of people in those conditions. Um, and then, and then what we're really good at is the precision, especially with the brain exercise software to get really precise on what part of the nervous system that we could give simple exercise. And because of the software, we can put it on the, their, their phone. And whenever you're ready to ask me a question, cause I'm always so fired up to talk about our software, but that approach, uh, the, the brain exercises, coupled with nutrition, coupled with recommending some supplements can help, you know, immensely in cases, especially with autoimmune. Right. And that's why holistic health appears in your profile, because you're looking at a lot of different things, not just one thing. So let me, let me go back. Um, in terms of here, I've been hearing more and more today about fibromyalgia. Myalgia, did I get that right? Is that something that could also be addressed by your software? Your yes, yes. It's widespread pain. Uh, we have a program in our software. Well, well one, I, I think in general of reducing inflammation, that's, I mean, that's the key link to almost a, a lot of conditions today. Uh, and then secondly, we have, uh, we have our software that has a program called uh, Mirror Therapy, mm -hmm. uh, which basically like if, if the fibromyalgia is in certain limb or certain types of limbs, we could use the opposite limb. And it's, it's mirror, it uses mirror neurons and it can help severely with people who have chronic pain, phantom pain. Um, so we use that program tremendously. We've used it also with orthopedic conditions too, where people come out of post-surgically and they're not, they're immobilized, but we get them to move their other limb and trick the brain that the circuits are moving on the limb. So meaning like if they had a left limb that was a, that a surgery in their shoulder or a hip or left hip, we could have them doing uh, mirror exercises in the right, in the right hip. And their brain will think that their left hip is, 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 is moving. And we we've seen the, and then you get the benefits of both worlds. Why? Because you're keeping the immobilization because you're not moving the, the, the injured or the surgical uh, limb, but you're, but you're getting the circuits to fire. We use it also in strokes, the mirror therapy. I mean, we've seen people that have problems, dorsiflexing, bringing their ankle up or their hip up. And we've used the mirror where they, where they'll use the opposite limb. Though you say it's the, the, the stroke 
affected the left limb, the left leg or left foot, we'll have them do exercises on the right. And that's, that seems to, to really help a lot. Interesting. So pain, is pain in the body? you know, or in the spine or is pain? Well, pain, well, pain, yeah. Well, pain, the, the conscious perception of pain is in your parietal lobe. So what happens is, is there's, there's a pain pathway. So like it, just say an example is I, I hit my hand um, or I hit my shoulder. So I hit my shoulder. The, you have pain receptors that are I- inhibited uh, naturally and they're, they're around the, the, t- the local area. And, all of a sudden I have an injury, those pain receptors, a signal gets activated and that goes right from those receptors into the level of the spine. So if my shoulder at C5, C5, C6, so it goes into the spinal cord and then it crosses over to the other side. And then the next message goes from the spinal cord up in, uh, up into the brainstem. So it goes into the into the medullary, it goes to the pons, and then it goes into the mesencephalon. And then from there, it travels up to the thalamus, which is a relay area where all information goes before it hits the cortex, except for smell. And then from the, the, the thalamus, it goes into the parietal lobe for the conscious perception of pain. So the thing is, is that we have descending inhibitory pain pathways that we can activate using eye movements, using um, you, we can use we, we can we can use even sound to activate your parasympathetic system. So there's a lot of different ways, mechanisms that we can knock the pain out using sensory exercise. But the conscious perception of pain hits the parietal lobe, where we actually, as humans, perceive that we have some kind of pain, how it feels, and where the pain is located. Okay, but there's this connection between the spine and the brain, which is yes. What if a person's spine has been and like a, like a spinal cord injury? Yeah, that 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 that's a tough injury. That so again, uh, the the spine is very important because it's the link between the 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 brain and the and the and and your limbs. So the thing is. Uh, if there is a spinal cord injury, that could that that could really um, that 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 could that could make the the rehab a lot more challenging. Uh-huh. Okay, but but not impossible. This is the not impossible, but there but it make it a lot more. Spinal cord injuries are really challenging. Um, I think that uh, what what they're doing with stem cells, I think that's you know hopefully down the road they'll they'll perfect. It'll be more promising. Um, and you know, to create new cells for the damaged ones. And then I think some of the things they're doing with the, the BMI, the brain machine interfaces, uh, I'm interested to see how that can help because those are very, those are very, very spinal cord injuries are very challenging because again, the, the messages have to flow from the limbs all the way up to the brain and, and brain back down to the limb and the spinal cord is your, is your interface that allows that to happen. I see. Now, I'm certain that you've um, worked with people who've, who've had a variety of neurological disorders. Can you just mention some of them for me? Yeah. So I've worked with people who have had concussions, traumatic brain injuries, strokes, Parkinson's, movement disorders, balance disorders, um, people who have chronic pain, phantom pain. Phantom pain is basically like uh, somebody who had a limb 
that they they say someone had a viral infection and they had a they had to cut one of their limbs off or they had you know it's common in the military that an explosion goes off and they lose one of their limbs and they don't have a limb but yet they still have pain there that's called phantom pain and that's that's a, that map in the parietal that your sensory and the motor map in the parietal and frontal lobe that's affected and we could we could really help a lot of those cases um i've also worked with uh kids on the autistic spectrum, kids with special needs uh, and autumn, uh, autoimmune conditions. So I've worked with a wide variety of types of, of cases. Uh, and now obviously I've developed the software, my brain exercise software that we're, we're working with clinics to use the software. Yeah, um, you, you mentioned children. I had a, a call actually from a, from a mother some time ago. Uh, and she was asking me if I knew of anyone who worked with children or anything that could help children who have ADHD. That's um, right up our alley. It is up your alley. Well, I'm going to try to locate her. So tell me, how would that work? How would this help a kid? Yeah, so, 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 so oh, the let thing- me, Let me change that to yep. say anyone actually, because there's some adults who still deal with ADHD as well, so. Yeah, so, so, so one, of the, one of the things that um, happens with kids with ADHD, is their uh, they're part of their frontal lobe? So their upper their upper brainstem uh, called mesencephalon fires really fast, right? So so the circuits are going really fast, and a part of their brain, their most lateral part of their frontal lobe, right, which is really important, that makes the human in us is the that separates the the lateral part of our brain separates us from the beast in the field, right? That makes us more humanistic, that makes us executive decision-making, attention, focus, short-term memory. Those are all uh, things that that lateral part, especially as a part of the brain called your dorsal lateral, the prefrontal cortex. And we can, we can activate that in several different ways. One, using um, eye movements that you go to opposite. So meaning that if you look at a target and you have two shapes, and a target, you're looking in the middle, right? And a target comes in here, your eyes have to look opposite. Now, why is that, in, why is that important? Because when your eye, your eye is gonna wanna move towards the target, what happens is to inhibit that process, you have to fire the dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. Hmm. So that's one way that we could do it. The other thing that the dorsal lateral, the prefrontal cortex does is it fires to a sublayer of the brain. There's a sublayer of the brain called their basal ganglia, and it's it, it's an influencer. It influences people with cognition, eye movements, motor movements for the muscles, right? And and your emotional brain, your limbic system. So that's where your behavioral brain is, right? Yeah. And we there, there are two pathways. They have to fire at at a really the same rate. One excites and influences and excites, and one calms us down. And the, the pathway that calms us down usually is not firing at the appropriate rate. So the one that's, that's, that's influencing us to, to drive and drive and move and, and, and shake and all over the place is what is firing at a greater rate. Well, those anti-saccades could fire that inhibitory pathway. That's another thing that helps with these kids is to move, to get them to move their limbs in different facets especially multi-planar activities. So multi-planar activities really help drive your cerebellum. That's your coordination part of the brain. A lot of times you'll see those kids that aren't that as 
coordinated as they could be. You could see like if they move, you could see that they'll slip or fall or they're just as what we call clumsy, right? But if you move their limbs in certain patterns, especially multiplanar activity, and we could do that all with our software. Yeah. And we could do that remotely. So we could, our software, you could be anywhere because we're in the cloud and then we can move the data to the phone and some, we could be anywhere to work with the client. That's great. Look, I know there are no guarantees. And so we'll deal with ADHD for a moment. On a scale from one to 10, how confident are you that a kid who is suffering from ADHD could be helped by- I think about 80, 80 plus percent. It's hard. I, I, don't, I would never like to give 100% because I think I it's, that's an ego mindset. And um, I, think, I think the combination of what I've seen is if- a client or especially a parent gives length of time. So meaning that, you know, they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're not saying like in one month, their client, their kid's going to get, but if they give a program the length of time and they're consistent with doing the program on the session, in addition to that, with um, being able to do it, because the key for our program is the carryover. Our software, we've made it so simplistic so we've had the depth and all the tools to get really precise with the programs, but really simple to the client. In this case, if a parent is doing it with their kid, really simple. The biggest thing we need is the, is the length of time and the consistency of doing the program. And we probably get a real, real good shot. I see an 80 plus percent because, again, I don't like to come with an ego mindset. Uh, so I'm really humble, but we've seen some really good results. Right. So um, you mentioned strokes earlier as well. So what have you seen in terms of individuals who have had a stroke and are attempting to come back, to bounce back? Um, we've seen some really good, pro, uh, we've seen some really good uh, with the mirror therapy, uh, with doing reflex movements. So there's some reflex eye movements that we've been using to improve limb activation. Uh, also certain eye movements activate the uh, the supplementary motor uh, association area, which is for fine detailed movements. So we've seen some really good to help the dexterity in the hands and the feet. Uh, so we've seen some really good speech. We've seen some really good, um, you know, some really good outcomes with those as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Parkinson's, that's a pretty tough one, isn't it? So um, it depends on, yeah, Parkinson's is, is a progressive. So again, you know, to let people know Parkinson's is a progressive disease that you're not curing. The key is, can you slow down the progression? And it just depends on the variant of the Parkinson's. If it's, if it's Parkinson's, if it's just Parkinson's, you know, uh, we've seen like, they, you know, their progression, they have a better chance to slow it down. If they have, like, I've worked with some really challenging cases that you could slow down, but eventually the prognosis, the prognosis isn't going to be great because it's such a progressive disease. Parkinson's MSA, very challenging, but I've worked with those cases. Uh, and then par Parkinson's PSP, progressive supernuclear palsy. Usually people with those cases at the PSP, at some point they are going to probably pass just how it's how long, but the part, the regular Parkinson's, um, you know, they can, they can live for a while with that. And, and then again, you're just, you're trying to improve their quality of life. You're trying to slow down the progression. I mean, those are the things you're trying to do. And how do you do that with again, precise, you know, uh, sensory stimulation again, through our software that we use, uh, and nutrition. But if you're going to tell someone you're going to cure, that's, 
that would be that wouldn't be a, a really good um, thing to say because I, you know, it's a progressive disease. And then the the Parkinson's MSA is hard as well. So it depends on the variant of the uh, of the Parkinson's disease. Understood. I know your tool, your software has been used by athletes. What have you been seeing in terms of what they presented and how have they benefited? Um, I've seen it. So I've had a case I'm working with now, the concussion, and it's been pretty good. I mean, we've seen improvements in balance. We've, we, we've seen improvements in, in reaction time. Uh, we, we actually, in our, uh, our ninth program, we, we just put in uh, maybe a month or so ago uh, reaction time training program. So we've seen some really good results with, with um, improving reaction time, improving vision. I mean, to go back to the strokes, I had a client that um, had, um, they, they had an occlusion in the, uh, um, in, in the retinal artery, uh, which basically they lost central vision in the left eye and the prognosis was not good, uh, but we've improved. She couldn't drive. Uh, we've worked for a while with this case. She was very consistent. She was. She gave the program length of time and uh, outcomes were incredible. Probably improved her vision by over 80%. She's wow. driving now. Um, the, the ophthalmologist thought that there's a group of nerves. So anytime you have a group of nerves together, they call them a ganglion. So they had a retinal ganglion. What he thought was the software was whatever was still viable, whatever photo. So we work on a receptor-based system. So basically that's how the nervous system communicates. We have different receptors. Muscles have receptors called proprioceptors. So in the vision, we have photoreceptors. And what he thought was that the receptors, whatever was still left, whatever receptors were still left, through the software, we were able to strengthen those so well that they over they compensated for the ones that were, were just that you know the cells and the receptors had died. Mm -hmm. So that, and, and that and that and and you know it's funny because at that time the ophthalmologist didn't was was hoping that maybe she had was not hoping for MS, but in this case because with MS, which is an autoimmune condition, the vision would come back, but. When they saw her, it was an occluded, which she had an, uh, a retinal, an artery that was, uh, she had an occlusion um, and what, that she lost essential vision. He didn't think the prognosis, now because he didn't, obviously, we, he didn't know of my software. And then that she, she was recommended by her son, who was a client of mine. And um, after seeing such improvements, and the other thing we saw was the pressure in her eye, she lost through doing all the work because what we thought also was the software was just activating, improving blood flow to the area. She, she lost, she probably decreased in a good way, five points in each eye on her uh, pressure in her eye. Mm. So, so that was pretty amazing. Yeah. You mentioned MS multiple sclerosis and I would also add muscular dystrophy. It appears to me that those two conditions are challenging for the medical establishment. If I'm correct, why do you suppose that is, and um, do you think your you know tool could help in that? Well, I, I think I think like to go back to uh, to go back to MS is an autoimmune condition, right? And to go back to like your rheumatoid arthritis, your Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, you're not curing these conditions, but what you're trying to do 
is you're trying to put the, the brain, the nervous system, the autonomics in the gut and the digestive system in the best position it could be. And if you could do that, so how do you do that? One is precise stimulation, meaning very precise uh, brain exercise program, right? Helping the brain itself, helping the autonomics, activating the vagus nerve. So now we're suppressing inflammation from a stimulation point where we're at, we're improving digestive immune function and then supporting that with really good anti-inflammatory diet. So a lot of times a paleo type diet, uh, getting them off whatever food that they react to, supporting the immune system with, with vitamin D, curcumin, uh, fish oil, uh, resveratrol, and and um, and and NLC cysteine, which is a precursor to make glutathione. So those five really key things help reduce inflammation. Uh, and support the immune cell function, right? So then your goal, your hope is if you can, you know, put the brain, the, 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 the autonomics, the vagus nerve, you know, the digestive immune system in the best position, you're, you're hoping that sometimes could you potentially be in remission, right? right? Okay. And, and if you could do that, but if you tell somebody that you're going to cure someone from, from autoimmunity like Parkinson's, you just, that's just unrealistic expectations. Right. But, but we've seen depending. And then the other thing you got to look at is if you don't put it in remission, the question is, did you improve? Did you slow down the progression? Did you improve the quality of life? Yeah. And if you indeed, did that, yeah. then it's su successful. That is successful. To slow down the progression and improve quality of life is a win in my book. Yes. I want, to look, I want to look more closely at your tools. We've been talking about it, but I want to dig a little deeper. And if I get some of the language off, just help me out here. First, um, the accomplished brain software. Did I see that right in your profile? Yes, yes. So what, what is that? So the accomplished brain software is is a revolutionary uh, brain exercise software. We have nine brain exercise programs. So some of the programs have multiple brain activities. So we have nine programs. We have a breathing program. We have a virtual reality. We have four virtual reality programs. Um, two of them are augmented reality. I'll explain. So virtual reality is you're in a room. So nine programs, uh, over 30 brain activities, four virtual reality programs, uh, two of them are augmented reality. So what is augmented reality? It's just a camera that lays over the regular environment. So when we use like mirror therapy, we use the camera. We're seeing the regular environment and we flip the image. So we have another program, a sensory program called Reactor that has coordination, rhythm and timing, which is metronome. So rhythm and timing, these kids with ADHD, they respond really, really good to temporal lobe. So frontal lobe, dorsolateral, prefrontal cortex, and their temporal lobe with rhythm and timing. So they respond really, really well to that. So we have a program called Reactor that has six parts. We have, um, we have coordination, which they respond well, rhythm and timing, reaction time, memory, which we, which we basically completed. And now we're working on the development of the last two parts, auditory processing, which they, which was another good program. And we'll have we're about 80% finished with that and movements, special movements for Parkinson's right. called LSVT and rock steady boxing. So basically we have different images. So you can see the regular environment, you use the camera. 
Virtual reality is you're in a room. So we have two of those. We have a virtual reality vestibular program that basically we take automated vestibular device, which is a $250,000 device called a gyro stim. And we replicated that type of therapy for a fraction of the cost in virtual reality. We have an eye movement program in, in that's a virtual reality in, that has seven parts to it. We have a 2D, another eye program that's 2D that's just on the phone. Um, we have a sound program that we use for hearing, balance, and anxiety. Uh, we have an evaluation tool that we can measure. So we take the phone, and we turn it into a gyroscope, and we can measure someone's balance. And that all that data goes back to our cloud. So we have we and and then we have the the virtual reality, the augmented reality uh, mirror therapy program. And then we have a modulator which we use of different pictures of body parts. We have 583 pictures, six body parts, the hand, the shoulder, the foot, the knee, uh, the neck and the back. And we use that to modulate that map. So the brain knows where its body parts are in space and relationship to the different body parts and the dyslexia. So we use, because we have discrimination of a body part, is a limb, a left limb or right limb. So the same area that causes pain also can cause people to have dyslexia. So we use it for phantom pain, chronic pain, and dyslexia. So we have six body parts, uh, four levels of pictures, 583 pictures. We have the app that's on Apple and Android. And then we have, the, 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 we have a dashboard that sits in the cloud. And practitioners, I'm the owner, but I'm also a practitioner. We lease this to different clinics as well. And basically, the, the practitioners move the data from the dashboard, sits in Oracle's cloud, runs on Postgres SQL database, and all the client does is log in and press play. So it's so it's a it, it took us, and I'll share this. Uh, my wife is a speech language pathologist. She's a wonderful, very special lady. She's a, she's been here about fifteen years with my stepdaughter. My stepdaughter is going to be. A, uh, a physical therapist and my wife is a speech language pathologist and through my wife i was able to to um sync up with some amazing developers in Colombia, the country so and and through them and myself i conceptually designed and then they did all the work daniel does all our brain programs and john does all the development for our dashboard wow well, the brain is a powerful instrument isn't it and uh, yes you know, i i saw something on social media within the last couple of months and you, you brought brings to mind because you talk about movement you know eye movement things like that but the in the information it said to move your hand and i don't remember exactly which direction and then move your right foot in the opposite direction and once you did that it switched that is the moment i the, and i tried it several times but when i when i started moving my hand it switched the way i was moving my foot well, that, well, yeah, well, that's a, that's a, they, they, they do that. They call that a figure eight. So what happens is the cerebellum works on like a multiplanar at the, to improve. So the cerebellum is if I just say, if I have my phone here and I want to pick my phone up, the, the, my right hand, the left brain is sending the signal to all the muscles but there's no intelligence of how these muscles work together. So left brain sends the signal. So the right side muscles in my hand and my shoulder 
pick the phone up, but they have to work together. And that's where the, 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 the right side, so the left brain sends a signal, the right cerebellum coordinates all the movement together. Cerebellum is so important. What improves the cerebellum on that side is multiplanar activity. To do that with the arm and the leg, you can move a multiplanar one way, like your arm one way and your foot the other way. And that will help cerebellum function. So that's probably what was going, that was probably what was happening. Yeah, it, it happened, it worked, and I saw other people do it as well. Let me ask you this. Can, let's say, uh, an athlete, a football player, can a wide receiver improve his ability to catch a ball by using some of the principles that you're sharing now? Yes, 100%, 100%. Because, uh, they, first of all, their attention, their focus, their vision. You got to realize a lot of the vision, and I'm not, and I, and I, and I wouldn't, that, that does not, like discount going and looking at, you know, true, uh, you know, visual disorders with uh, of how the, the light is is coming into your 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 uh, eyes. So that doesn't mean that you're gonna you not need glasses. But but a concept just in neuroscience is that to a target has to get on the phobia of your retina. So the phobia, and, and why is that? Because most of your photoreceptors to see are, 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 are near the phobia of the retina. So, so important is to get a gaze. So we could do exercise in your vestibular system that could help you to, to see a target. We could, we could also do eye movements like saccades, saccades they call, I call them, where, where your eyes have to move to a new, uh, a new gaze. And, and fixate. So these are all things that could help uh, dynamically, and then especially when you're going to catch a ball. So uh, and then uh, and then obviously connecting the eye with the hand and eye coordination, and we can help with that. That's that's fascinating. Um, I know that you're the creator of the brain exercise software. Can you take us deeper into what that is and how it's useful uh, to people today? Yeah, so 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 people come in with all sorts of so like concussions, traumatic brain injury, strokes, um, and I and I felt like uh, hot. So so my my vision was that how do we improve, and and my passion is how do we improve better outcomes for for clients, right? And how do we provide maybe a comp? And I say this complimentary because. I think like a lot of the physical therapists, the chiropractors, the occupational therapists, the neuro optometrists, the athletic trainers, they're already doing great work, right? So my mind was, is it possible that we could take things that are really complex with the brain and put it in, in, a, in a much easier fashion and a much a little more simplified fashion and, 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 and add that as a complimentary service to what there are already great work that they're already doing. So my mind was, and also um, what my mind was is, if I think reverse engineer of how to give to the client and reverse back, what do I mean by that? A lot of, manuf a lot of people who create things, they think about, well, I'm going to send this to the, uh, the practitioner. And it doesn't matter the cost because it's great. And I'm going to give it to the practitioner who gets this. Then he buys this. Then he buys this. And all of a sudden, he can't afford everything, right? Mm -hmm. So then, or, or they're spending this and who, and, and, 
And how does the client, then the client has to suffer. Like in the example is the gyro stim is a great device, but it's $250,000. So whatever clinic has it, gonna have to make their money back off of it. So we thought, is it possible that we could look at what would be great for the client, but we're gonna make things for the, the practitioner through the, we're gonna make for the client through the practitioner and make one software, many tools, cost-effective, and really get great results. And what would that be? And that's where I thought of these nine programs and over 30 brain activities. And then the unbelievable thing is that we, um, we use a very inexpensive virtual reality headset for like $30. Why? Because we move the data right to the client's phone. And because we're able to move the data to the client's phone, the client's phone, most people have smartphones an Apple or an Android, which means they have a processor and a camera. So all they need, 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 all they need is a viewable phone. Why? Viewable VR headset. Because the key for us is they're not only doing it in a session, which could be a telepractice session in the clinic, right? But most importantly, they could do it at home after their session's over. Really simple. When they all they got to do is log in and press play. So because we're able to do all of that, we're able to provide, um, you know, really cost effective at a fraction of the cost and that we're looking through the practitioners because we want to impact these practitioners so they could further get better outcomes as a complimentary service so they can help improve the outcomes of their clients. And if we could do all of that, we build a great business. That's fantastic. So if I forget this is that the end users could include athletic trainers, chiropractors, other health professionals. So, so basically our market that we market our software to is physical therapists. There's a group called, there's two groups in the physical therapy world that work with brain um, cases. They're, the, they're what they call the NCSs. They take a separate sub-study. They're called neurological clinical specialists, NCS. The, some of them do NCS and vestibular rehab. Vestibular is your inner ear. Some are just vestibular. Some are vestibular and NCS your occupational therapist, because they deal with neural cases, um, your chiropractor, in the chiropractic world, there's a distinct group that is excellent called your functional neurologist, your neurooptometrist, um, because they're optometrists that are looking more at the neuro and the nervous system. And then, and then I'm trying to get more of the athletic trainers because especially at the high school and college level, they're dealing with concussions. So those are kind of like what I'm more, what I'm more, I mean, medical doctors, but medical doctors aren't doing as much treatment as suppose, I mean, when they're doing treatment, it's more surgery and right. medications, yeah. But, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested in talking to them because they're very important in the, in the whole realm and scheme of things. That's, that's fantastic. We've touched upon some success stories, but before we leave today, could you just share a couple of other success stories where clients have actually used your software and made improvement? Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had a client that had um, a balance disorder, mm -hmm. uh, and she came. She went to several clinics, and again, it's not we're not better or worse. We just looked at a little bit of a different approach, uh, looking and using the software, and this was a case that I was helping one of the clinics that was leasing our software, um, leasing my software. And um, she had a lot of tr trouble with her, you know, uh, walking. She thought she'd fall. This was going on for, for quite a while. Uh, and over the past maybe a couple of months, she started using the software. And, and then 
we, we started her in the clinic. And then after a while of seeing what we thought worked, we had our order of the virtual reality headset. We moved the data right onto her phone and she's been consistently doing it once a day and just amazing results. I mean, now she could walk, she could turn, she could spin. I mean, just really, really uh, super successful. So that was a, that was that was a case that was uh, really re really fantastic. Um, you know, I've worked with several kids who were on the autistic spectrum, uh, and I, again, using multiplanar activities, we were able to see like improvements in their walking. Uh, one client had like scissor gait, where they would walk where their legs would yeah. cross each other, yeah. and um, and a lot of times they had toe walking. So they walked on their toes and being able to use our, um, our our virtual reality vestibular program, we were able to, we use the visual system to perceive that, like to activate these ear canals. And we could get so, the what the thing about our software is because we could get so precise with the reps, with colors of targets, how fast the targets are, um, you know, so the speed, the reps, the set, we could get so precise with that kind of information that um, we could see exactly what's going to work. Because I, I really believe that customization is really, and the precision uh, of, the, of the program is really important. So meaning that, you know, there are some, there are similarities to each program, but some program um, is, uh, is much, is, is going to be changed a little bit differently for each client. You know, and, and also the, the way we do, we have a client now that um, we're working with that has what they call floaters. So a visual problem, and she's had it for a long time. And a lot of times the nervous system is very delicate. So it's like a chess game they, and they it can fatigue really fast. So the, the key is where do you get, and here's where functional comes in. Do you give a, here's the problem. You give a, the, the exercise here, sometimes you could go right at the, the area, but sometimes you might go to another area because these two areas communicate. So the time that this guy gets the actual activation, it's at a less rate. Huge, huge component in brain rehab, huge component. And what happens is we find that we do little tricks. We might give an exercise and then we give an exercise to cool them off. Mm -hmm. An exercise, and then we give an exercise, and we might do that several with a lot of the different clients, and that could make huge differences. And so, it's a lot of. I, I don't think anything we do is is what they haven't seen. I think the software is unique because it brings all these tools together, and then the uniqueness is the program design. Mm -hmm. And we're able to find a very specific program, and when when. When people understand that, it's all that the software is able to give the precision and then and then the, the program, like we changed the program, like we gave, we gave like a, a client a stimulation, we gave them two different eye programs and two different eye movements for the, for the ocular floater. And then we give one eye program, cool her off. Then we gave her another eye program, cool her off. And that pattern has worked out like tremendously. Wow, wow. Look, I have a curiosity question, and I'm not certain if you can answer uh, can answer these, but I'm just curious. Is, uh, are conditions, health conditions, such as obesity and on the other extreme, anorexia, in the brain or in the kitchen? 
I think a little bit of, I think a little bit, uh, so I, I think there's a little bit of both. So I think there, because I think that the question is, there's a conscious mind of why you're reaching for the, the, the food in the first place, right? And then there's conscious in your emotional limbic system. So I think it's somewhat of we could stimulate. And then I think there's a higher level of, of, of healing that comes to your, which, which is not work, which is work that I try to do on myself to give good energy, but there's an energy coaching, uh, um, therapy of what, how, what your thoughts are. So again, I think it's a combination of three things. I think it's your, the a huge thing is your energy. So if you find like life coaching, that would be like huge because it's what is, What's going on in your in your thoughts up here? Uh, and then I think, yes, there are could be some things we could do with the exercise and stimulation. And then I think also what you are putting into your mouth or in anorexia, what, what you're putting in and then obviously you're throwing it out. So I, I think it's a, like three levels. Yeah, understood. Well, this is fascinating. How did you get into this fascinating area of work? Um, so... When I first started in the industry, I, I've been over 20 years, I started out in sports injuries, right? Because I was, because I enjoyed sports and I, I and, and what I was finding was um, I was looking for, after being in the industry a little while, I was looking for a niche because part of the, the challenge that I had was being an athlete, um, we had to be so disciplined and committed and what i saw was that that your sports injuries somewhere if you got an athlete and some regular people would be very committed but sometimes some people wouldn't but i saw that so i've always liked the work itself like enjoyed the process and the work and what i what i saw was that the niche was the brain and and in the brain the cases were severe that and and affected their function that most people were gonna were because their function was affected that they were they they more more than likely they had to take their condition a little more seriously and more focus and dedication and I think that was where I wanted to be because I you know I it, I think when you're in working with a client I think there's some you know, you're connecting, you know, Hey, how's this going? How's your day going? You, you know, you're, 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 you know, you might have a joke here, but, but you're really, but, but I'm, we're here to help and we're here to improve your quality of life. The time that you're yet you come in, in, in focus to us because we want your quality of life to be improved. And I thought that the brain was really interesting. It was something 15 years ago. I didn't know that much about, but now I've learned tremendous amount over the last 15 years uh, to that I developed my own course. I developed the software, I've worked with really complex cases, but I felt that that was the niche I was looking for that was, was that the, the case helped, you know, the client become a little more focused and committed. And, and, and also it was more of a strategy that the brain is, is complex and it's delicate. And it can make a change quickly good or quickly bad really fast, 
right? So it can make a, a good change. So just understanding the the strategy of working in those cases was really interesting for me. Fantastic. Well, I tell you what, I, I enjoyed our time together today. Uh, so thank you for being on the show. And thank you, Stephen. I appreciate the opportunity to get on your show and to share, you know, what what we've been doing at the Accomplished Brain and the Accomplished Brain software. Fantastic. Well, you have been listening to or watching the Possibility Action Network podcast. Our guest today has been Andrew Amigo, a neuroscience exercise specialist. I'm Stephen Middleton with a reminder to check out our sponsor at the bottom of the description wherever you see this podcast. Until next time, good day.